The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. My name is Josh Hurd, and joining me is my good pal, partner in crime, Mr. Jason Koopsik. What the fuck is happening? With all of that, my phone is about to die. <laughs> uh, now your phone's toast. So, yeah. for those of you who are just listening to the podcast or whatever... um. We're trying to do this whole Facebook Live thing while we are recording this. And it's just been crazy. To say the absolute least. It's just been uh, absolutely crazy. But dude, like, ugh, I'm super excited about what we're talking about tonight. I'm very excited about the topic. I don't know. What, what about you? I'm excited about this topic, too. I mean, it's... um an area we haven't covered specifically but i always love talking about people's personal stories absolutely absolutely it's good stuff oh my goodness hey wait i got a uh text here just closed facebook looked it up and it said it might help i I did okay (laughs) okay cool cool Cool, cool. I don't know if it's helping. Fun stuff, my friend. So you're fiddle fucking over there? I'm adding something to our live feed. What are you adding? But anyways. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You putting like a fucking crown on my head? No. Lipstick or something? Okay, so. Penis. I'm gonna Nice. Just a big old dick. <laughs> so, yeah, anyways, so we need to talk about Pod Bros. Yes, We're on yes. The Pod Bros Network now. Yes, we are. And everybody should go check them out at podbros.com. And check out all their shows and tell them we sent you. Fuck this. Fuck what? Fuck my house. Why? What's going on? You heard know. what happened in my house. A yeah, and that ago. was just like a minute ago. We were just about to start the other stream or the uh, the live stream or whatever, and there was a very loud noise in your house, and your dog started going ape shit. Well, I like, think was that's nuts. a little overblowing. My dog barked once. Um, but. I heard it whimpering. It was like whimpering. That was not my dog. What the fuck was I Whatever listening to? Whatever you heard, I didn't hear. What was I hearing? I I don't know what I that was. Then. Okay, so something is... Maybe it's the beer. What are you drinking? I don't know. I'm drinking some kind of a lager over here. Yeah? Yeah. 
I'm drinking Scotchlander Wee Heavy 2016 Pinot Noir Barrel Age Scotch Ale. That is a freaking mouthful, my friend. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just Scotchlander is the name of the beer, but I read good the whole stuff. label, so. It's good stuff, though. Hell yes. Ugh. Very excited about this. I'm going to pull this up here. So, guys, we're going to be talking about um, stories, like people's actual accounts, uh, employees, security guards, things like that, of abandoned hospitals, asylums, uh, urban explorers, you know, everything like that. Like, this is going to be... Pretty much everything I pulled up was hospitals. For the most most part, part... For the most part, there's a lot of hospitals and things. There was one story that I read that was just, it was very long and it wasn't, it wasn't very well written. Like it probably (laughs) wouldn't have killed the sun. We're going to read it to you anyway. No, we're not because like I was, I was struggling. It's like they make commas in different forms of punctuation for a flipping reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it wouldn't hurt that little dude to... To use one every once in a while. It's very fucked. But anyway. So I'm going to ask you first. Um, if you found anything super sexy and super scary. Well, let's see here. Um, you want you want a really great one to start off with. Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. I want I want something really good to kick it off right. Oh yeah, here's a great one. And these are secondhand stories. Yeah, so, but yeah. I'll just read it. So it's not me. Remember that. I heard an interesting story a few weeks ago. Part of the hospital has been rebuilt and faces onto our unit. Nurse a nurse doing something near the window looks across and sees two people moving about in one of the clinic rooms. It's after hours and the clinic is shut. She called a colleague over who saw the two people as well. They call security who go over and check out the room. Nobody there. A while later, the nurses again see these two people moving around. So they call security again. This time, the security guys split up. One stands with the nurses while the other one went over to the clinic to check out. Smart. The scary part of this is that the security guys were talking on the radio. The one in the clinic states that the room is empty, but the other security guard standing on our unit with the two nurses could actually see two people standing right beside the security no guard way. while he was talking. No way. So that's creepy. Yeah, that's crazy. awesome. So he was standing there watching, observing his, his friend in another room. Seeing to what would probably appear to be what? Silhouettes? Um, well, it sounded... They didn't state it that way. It sounded like they saw two people. Damn, man. Damn. That's amazing. The other security guard was none the wiser then. Well, yeah, no, he was standing there with whatever... With, he, he was definitely wiser because the, he had the radio... So he was being told that there were people standing right next to him. And he's like, that he shouldn't see. So why would you tell your buddy that, man? Like, he's in such a vulnerable state right there, and he probably would have whizzed himself. Like, that's um, a dick. No, I'm just saying, that's a dick move. Would you rather me tell you at the moment or later? Later. Later? <laughs> yes. 
Later? Manly man. Absolutely later. <laughs> Want me to lose my shit? That'd be great. So, check this out. No, that's the one that hey, I was Hey, it looks like about. our feed is working better now. Hey, it might have just, like, uh, gotten rid of the hiccups then. Maybe. I don't know. So, I was not night watchman in an abandoned mental hospital turned state park for a summer in college. The only creepy thing that happened was one night I was with one of the state park police. We saw flashlights in one of the buildings. Kids constantly broke in and other people broke in uh, to gut the old building of any copper that they could find. So, as I was saying, one night we saw flashlights moving around so we went in. The officer pulled her gun and flashlight and then went in. We could hear footsteps on the floor above us and so we slowly and quietly went upstairs. We checked every room, found nothing. Then we heard footsteps above us again. This happened for a few floors until we were on the top floor below the roof. We heard footsteps up on the roof then, so we went up there. Still nothing. We never found anyone or any indication that anyone had been there. It was friggin' creepy, he says. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Kind of tame, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's still spooky. It's very spooky. I mean, you're basically trying to uh, chase this thing down, and it's not working for you at all. That that kind of sucks. What do we got over here? Let's see. I got one. You got one? I was looking after a pediatric patient who was diagnosed with a brain tumor. One night, he was especially restless and irritable and could not be consoled. I was worried that his intracranial pressure was rising and had the resident at the, beside, at the bedside with me for pretty much the entire shift. The charge nurse relieved me for my break and told me to go lay down for a short nap. It was okay for night nurses to nap in this facility. As I gathered some blankets and stretched out on the cot, I heard a voice say, well, why aren't you watching him? I jumped off the cot and ran into the patient's room just in time to see his HR drop into the 40s. The sure. nurse relieving me had stepped out of the room to answer a call bell. Needless to say, I refused to leave his side and had the resident move into the room with me. He had went for a VP shunt first thing the next morning. So, yeah, she went to go lay down and the nurse left and she heard a voice. Wow. Telling her basically to go back. That's awesome. Go saving lives, man. That's what's up. That's a good story, though. Feel good yeah, story. Feel good story. What's this poor bastard say? He says, I used to pick up dead bodies for a funeral home. One stormy night, I was in one of the coolers putting a guy on the shelf. And in a matter of a couple seconds, the following happened. One, the guy on the next shelf up shifted and his hand fell down in my face. Two, the door stopped, slipped, the cooler door closed behind me. Three, power went out, lights went off. All purely coincidental, but I still pucked in my pants. <laughs> that, that could all be coincidental. <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. I mean, he's even saying so here, like purely coincidental. 
but yeah, definitely, definitely uh, made good with the Duke, it sounds like. That's a lot of shit All to right. have happened within a couple seconds, let's be honest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, next one. Okay. okay, not my story, but something my sister witnessed when she was a med student at a level one trauma facility. Guy comes in from an MVA, a motor vehicle accident, motorcycle versus truck. He said he was a waffle hash brown, or she said he was a waffle hash brown, or sorry, it was typed wrong. A waffle house hash brown sliced, diced, and chunked. The guy is able to talk at the beginning, drunk, cussing. The nurses and docs try to help him, not a nice guy. They end up intubating the guy to preserve the airway and the guy's going downhill fast shit he codes but they manage to bring him back suddenly the guy comes completely to rips out his tube what grabs my sister's hand lets out this breathy little scream saying don't let me die i'm going to hell please don't let me die whoa this freaks out everyone including my sister the guy says he Quote, woke up in hell on fire and keeps begging someone to check his feet for burns. Nobody could believe he pulled out his tube and was talking. Despite everything they did, the guy still died. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> the dude died? Yeah. Oh. I mean, pulling that thing out, you would have to be pretty shit. aware and to talk after doing that? I was just going to say, think of the amount of adrenaline that's rushing through this gentleman right then. Oh. Holy shit. Oh, like, we got Steve on Facebook wanted to know that he came in late. We're doing paranormal stories from hospital workers and the like. So, <laughs> and it seems like when I stopped my video feed... That's when it worked out fine. Like right now, they can see you, and I put the picture that you're looking at on there of the so, the man baby, man child. Yeah, the man baby with the so, baby yeah. with the hairy chest. So we'll figure that out later, <laughs> but it seems to be working fine. So, incidentally, if people want to watch us on Facebook Live, go to paranormalwarehouse.com, their Facebook page. That's, That's where right. we'll be streaming. That's right. Good stuff, buddy. Well, I'm glad it's at least working a little bit. So, uh, this pisses me off a smidge, but it's not that bad. Explored an abandoned mental hospital to film a movie. I broke into an abandoned mental hospital to film a movie with some of my friends. It wasn't a ghostly presence that made it creepy, just the atmosphere itself. Old, rusted-out cribs... Stains on the walls, asbestos falling down like snow. The place had a documented history of patient abuse and overcrowding. In the 60s, you could get thrown in a state facility relatively easily. Many of my friends are being treated for mental health conditions, and it really freaked me out. Uh, That had some of them been born 40 years previously, they may have been subject to some of the uh, same conditions. That is true, though. That's freaking nuts. My computer's flipping shit right now. My um, my uncle, yeah, had a very severe form of paranoid schizophrenia. Yes, and uh, he went into. It started in college in Phoenix. I think it was this 
necessarily the 60s, but um, he never got the help he needed. And partially, they'll never hear it. And I'm not that close with them, partially due to my grandparents' fault. Sure. Um, Because there was because of the stigma because some doctor told them that it was hereditary and they, they took it as they were to blame the doctor was blaming them so basically they didn't allow him to have any therapy only medication wow yeah so it's i mean drugged up and that 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 was the way things it was looked at then so <clears throat> wow and what you said that was in the 60s I'm pretty sure that was in the 70s. 70s. He was born in the 50s. It started when he was in college. Yeah, so. so there you go. All right, here's another one. Okay. I worked in a facility that had a strange haunting. The room in which it happened was occupied by a 65-year-old comatose male. He had no roommate. The man's TV was often on per family request. The volume on the TV would go up and down without anyone touching the volume button. I myself had been in the room when this had happened. Maintenance had checked the TV several times and could find nothing wrong. Now, that could possibly be explained. It doesn't say here in the rest of it. It could be bleed over from another remote, but those are used yeah. usually IR, so it would have to be something weird. Anyways, um, it maybe not necessarily even another remote, something in the room, but here's the kicker. Once on night shift, a friend and a CNA went into the room to do a TX on the gentleman. The volume on the TV went up. My friend turned the volume down. Out of nowhere, a man's voice said, leave it alone. Oh, shit. My friend and the CNA got out of there real fast. She was still in shock the next day when she was telling her about it. Don't touch the clicker. Damn. (laughs) That's crazy, man. It's weird shit, though. Weird shit. Let me see this one here. There is an abandoned mental hospital in my hometown called Prudhoe Hospital, which is sort of the scary place kids go to show bravado. It's surrounded by wood, so obviously you hear lots about it. (laughs) Okay. You hear lots of stories from people after it was abandoned, but the spookiest things come from when it was still in service. My mom worked at an auxiliary nurse, as an auxiliary nurse there for years, and she said at night the crippled kids who couldn't move due to severe disease and birth defects would somehow get out of their cribs and into the middle of the floor of the wards. Whatever was doing this would also go around and remove blankets from all the patients and again pile them in the center of the room. Eventually, security was hired believing it was somebody actually getting into the hospital at night and doing all of these things to scare people or just to be uh, troublesome. However, even with the security, they never found out who or what was doing these crazy things at night. So, I mean, these are kids with, you know, uh, diseases, birth defects, and they couldn't move on their own. They had to have some form of assistance. And yet they're out of their cribs, out of their beds, and onto the middle of the floor. How does this happen? I don't know. Honestly, I was looking at something and missed most of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
I was trying to figure out how to share a link on something, but... Oh, I got you. What the fuck? Cool story, bro. I could just go along with it. Cool yeah, story, I don't know how bro. that happens. Anything's possible. Yo, yo. Get away from <laughs> Huh. This is I got another one. Okay. My wife had a creepy, creepy experience a few years ago. She and another nurse were on duty at an inpatient hospice facility. One of their patients was dying and the immediate family was in the room with him. While he passed away and the family said their goodbyes, the family stepped out of the room and my wife and the other nurse went in to prep him for other family that was coming. This was about 15 minutes after he drew his last breath and his heart stopped. As they straightened his sheets, his right arm rose, bending at the elbow. He itched the side of his nose with his index finger. Then his arm relaxed in the bent position. Both nurses saw this, and my wife turned to her co-worker and said, Don't you dare leave without me. They quickly finished their work and left the room. Whoa. Like, fuck. So yeah, this guy, according to the equipment had died 15 minutes before this and right. he itched its nose so hmm. I mean it could be some sort of malfunction but I was just going to say okay could like this be could this be a, out all of a sudden he's alive yeah but this could could this be a nerve you know like a nerve it thing it could be but I mean, that would be I mean I don't know I don't know because I'm not a medical professional or anything like that, and I'm not even close to it. But from what I know, they're usually just... Bodies do move. They twitch. Things happen. But the whole arm moving up, it could be... The arm could flop up. You know, any of the one things could happen. The finger could move. But that's kind of like the arm moved up, (laughs) the finger came out and itched his nose, and then the arm died, basically. That's a a lot of series of glitch or twitches to make that happen. Yeah, I don't know, dude. That is fucked up. I was just thinking, like, could it possibly be I don't know, like nerves misfiring left and right? I mean, anything's possible, obviously. But but that, like you said, though, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot. I mean... Obviously, the guy stayed dead. He didn't come back <laughs> if they would have mentioned that. The guy stayed dead. That's good. I mean, but but seriously, if I'm that nurse, if I was the uh, if I was one of the family members, I would quit. My and I was like job. standing out in the hallway, and God. I looked in, and I saw him do that, and the nurses not try to save his life. <laughs> What are I you would be doing? so fucking pissed. I mean, seriously. <laughs> even if you think you're, you think your father's dead, oh and you see God. him itching his nose all of a sudden, and the, the the nurses are just sitting there looking at him and walk off, and he, yeah, like what the hell, man? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Get all pissed off. That's crazy. Freaking crazy. got some more i do i got plenty more too i like the back and forth you like the back and forth i do do like the back let me get this here for you 
My dad worked at a mental hospital that used to be connected to an abandoned nun's home uh, by an underground passage. He says that one night he was walking down there when he saw a praying nun. He walked by her and said hello. She did not acknowledge him. Uh, My dad does not believe in ghosts, but he says that there was a nun down there that night. Pretty fucked. Short, sweet, to the point. Were there nuns on the grounds at any other time, or... It just it says used to be something that had none. It was just this mental hospital, this passageway, and then this abandoned nun's home. And yeah, walking down there and sees a praying nun, and that was that. Crazy. That wouldn't be that bad to see, though. Necessarily, like a nun praying. You mean? If you had to see something, that wouldn't yeah. be so bad. Unless it was an evil nun of some sort. That's crazy. I wonder what he's responding to. One person on Facebook says, that's what she said, LOL, but there's like a 30 second delay, so I have no <laughs> idea what he's responding to. <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right, so I got another one here. Another time I was at the nurse's station and we heard the bell in the elevator ringing. Someone was yelling help and we heard pounding. We called security to tell them someone was stuck in the elevator. I then walked over to the elevator doors and was shouting to the person to try to stay calm and help him or help was on the way. She just kept yelling for help, banging and ringing the bell. Security called the nurses stations to say all the elevators were working and they didn't find anyone stuck at this moment whoever was in the elevator was suddenly quiet a few times i've been on the elevator and for no reason it went to the fifth floor the fifth floor is totally unoccupied but used to be a hospice unit i would be going up from the ground floor and the only button lit up would be three but the elevator would pass my floor go to the fifth open the door no one there I was never brave enough to step foot on the fifth floor. Wow. So that's fucked. Right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Somebody was trapped in the elevator? I mean... Yeah. It it doesn't make that much sense, but... I just don't even know how I would react. You know what I'm saying? Are you all right? Yeah, I hurt myself. I got a long one here. All right, go for it. Let's stick to the tape. <laughs> I said I got a long one here. I'm sure. I'm sure it did, too. I'll pull that clip here in a minute. So, this is, like I said, this is a long story. So, I wasn't able to sleep. So, I figured I'd try for a nighttime job at this sleep clinic as a security guard. They offered the job, I accepted straight away, filled in a couple of forms, and that was that. It seemed perfect. If I was going to be awake anyway, I might as well get paid for it. So I got into the swing of things right away. Wasn't very difficult. My duties consisted mainly of walking through the softly carpeted halls every hour or so, 
checking that the security doors were locked, and helping myself to as many free cups of coffee as I could. There were always two nurses on call in case of medical emergency, but they mostly slept through their shift, so I barely even saw them. Now, my contact with the patients was limited. There seemed to be perhaps 15 to 20 of them, with some there for extended periods, others coming and going on almost a daily basis. I only ever saw them when they were asleep. It was strange seeing them like that, robbed of all context. They could have been bankers or beggars for all I knew. This is kind of cool how he starts this off, you know. Um, says, in the staff room, watching over half-drunk remnants of other people's coffee uh, was a bank of CCTV monitors wired up to the patient's rooms so that the staff could keep an eye on them whenever they needed to. I spent most of my time there when I wasn't patrolling the corridors. It was oddly relaxing to watch all these strangers sleeping. I'm going to get on with this. Um, it gave me great comfort to watch them all lying there, dead to the world, with me as their silent custodian. Then there were the sleepwalkers. The clinic had a policy of leaving them to their own devices as much as possible, provided they weren't in any immediate danger. So I used to come across them often in the halls, in the corridors. Strange lost souls uh, acting out their own private, intangible dream uh, dreams. Uh, murmuring to themselves. Let's see. It says, One night, I was walking down one of the usual corridors. The faint sounds of snoring echoing through the air like waves rising and falling on a beach. When I came across one of the usual sleepwalkers, middle-aged man, swollen red face, wearing powder blue pajamas, uh, (laughs) and pink dressing gown that flapped open as he walked. If you can imagine that. He seemed utterly oblivious to the world around him. As I approached, however, he stopped dead in his tracks, turned and faced the wall. Standing as motionless as a statue with his face only millimeters away from the pastel-shaded brickwork, a dry, papery voice then emanated from him as I passed. This dude says, You're going to do a terrible thing. And I stopped myself, um... And I said, I'm sorry. He then answered, you're going to do a terrible thing. He repeated in the same thousand-year-old voice. Are you talking to me? I said, well, there's no one else here. That was true. But usually the sleepwalkers are too wrapped up in their own nocturnal preoccupations to register other people. Uh, So my curiosity was piqued. I got to switch the page here. So I said, what do you mean? You're going to do a terrible, terrible thing, and there will be no one to blame but yourself. I said, well, that's cheery. You should probably go back to bed. The man gave a little chuckle. Um, what do you think you're doing here? It was my turn to laugh now. I work here, looking after you guys. You really think that you can just walk into a job like that off the street? Into a medical facility of all places? There was no way he could have known about any of that. The back of his head was... (laughs) This is crazy stuff so far. Are you with me so far? Yes. This is a long fucking story. So, it says, it's not very plausible, is it? In fact, when you think about it, nothing about this place really adds up. You haven't really thought this through. So, I just stood there staring with the nameless uh, music simpering on in the background. Perhaps I was hallucinating. 
I said, I have to go. Unsure of what else to really do. My palms pricked with sweat. I walked down the corridor, breathing an inward sigh of relief. The sleepwalkers were usually very placid and uncommunicative. Locked in their own private little worlds, this man had been downright confrontational. So I walked down to the staff room. My head, a fog of speculation and confusion. I was surprised to see that one of the nurses was seated at the table. One of the nurses that he said usually slept during that shift. She had her back to me, but then she said, the patients are live, or excuse me, I say the patients are lively tonight. She then says, you can't hide from things forever. It was in that exact same voice that was echoing through the softly furnished room. Sooner or later, you'll have to face reality, and the longer you leave, the worse it'll be. Um, It felt as though an electric shock had jangled through my body. I ran around the table to face her, but when I did, I found that her eyes were closed. So, almost as if she was sleepwalking herself. Just then, that giant bank of TV screens on the wall behind me fizzled, crackled, lighting up the camped little rooms... Um, I turned to face them. I found only static then bleeding into the room from each and every screen. But one by one, a picture flicked into life on each one of the monitors, each showing a different scene in a grainy black and white. It took me a moment to resolve the overexposed images into recognizable shapes and figures. In each screen, the camera first gave... uh, perspective of someone moving jerkily through an undefiable or unidentifiable scene excuse me sometimes a hallway or a corridor sometimes a busy city street so this is really fucked up like what he's seeing on different screens here this is crazy almost almost as if yeah almost as if he is having a dream himself right because i i've had weird fucked up dreams like that So, all at once, every screen exploded into action. Flurry of... uh, What's this say? A flurry of movement lurching drunkenly this way and that. In this chaos of motion, I could see people, wide-eyed, panic-stricken, their mouths open in silent screams, staring into the camera with horror in their eyes. Here and there, a hand could then be seen on the screen. The hand of a faceless protagonist... And on each screen, the unmistakable... This is a writer making up... Oh, and it's written very well, though. On each screen, an unmistakable flash of a large knife cut through the hazy images. So he's watching, then, these people basically get killed. On the screen. It's crazy, though. But yeah, it's obviously a dude... He went too far. He went too far. This is written to be a scary story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he did. I mean, it's too much detail. It is a ton of detail. And then he uses words three times the size that he needs when he... It's it's a made-up story. <laughs> you can tell just by the way he's... Just by it. Right. My personal opinion, this it's story be. was... No, I would totally agree, up. but it was very well done. It's very well done. It reads like a fucking movie script, man. Exactly. That's why I think it's just a writer writing something scary. I should find that shitty story. The shitty story? Yeah. Here, I got one. Okay. So tell me what you think of that story first. 
What? Exactly what do you think of that story? Exactly what you think of. Well, what do you think of what happened in it? Do you, I mean, if, if you didn't it think sounds it's not like, real either, so. No, it sounds like a very scripted fucking Silent Hill movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, that's what it sounds like. Like, it's thought up. It's made up. It's, uh, but it was written in a way that grabbed you by the balls. It was good. It was well written. But yeah, totally bullshit. I mean, how long have you how long have you been a paranormal investigator? I mean, investigator ten years. Okay. In your ten years, like, have you? I've had half of that shit happen. By not itself. even probably a quarter of that shit happen standing alone, right? Yeah. Never. It's ridiculous. People like us, we think about, we look at shit like that, and we put ourselves in that same scenario but we've never been faced with that type of a scenario you know what i'm saying it's too much it's like you said most of the time it's like oh a big bang a big crack a noise a voice a whatever some fucking phantom smell that's like a ghost fart or whatever but it's these little things that then add up and correlate throughout the evening that make an investigation worth a shit that right there was like 20, 30, 40 years worth of investigating within five minutes. And I don't necessarily think that that couldn't happen. There's definitely a possibility that that could could happen. Maybe. I think that the way it's told the tells way it's told exactly is, what it is. I think what he was alluding to, though, was the fact that he himself was hallucinating. He himself, because he said he had a hard time sleeping. He couldn't sleep. So he took on this job thinking, oh, I'll just get paid if I can't sleep anyway. You know, so he's at this job or whatever, and he starts hallucinating himself. Because, I mean, let's let's be honest here. If you stay awake for how many hours before you actually begin to hallucinate? It's not that many. It's less than 72 hours, and you will begin to see shit. You'll be able to hear shit, things like that. Yeah, but after that, how... How do you remember in that much detail? You don't. You just... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You don't. I think in the story, that's what he's getting at. He was... He wrote a very good story from the first line saying, I couldn't sleep. To all of this building up and building up and building up, to now you have to reference that first line of the story. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like foreshadowing that you have no fucking idea about. It's pretty cool. That's what that's what got to me. I don't like it. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> love you so Anyways. much. Anyways. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I just, I'm not gonna I just, say it back. You're Josh. like, I just like you a lot. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Go ahead, buddy. All right. I had a patient who was CMO. Not sure what CMO stands for, and quite obviously very close up, to dying. We should make up our own thing, our own for CMO. We did it for OBS. So we should do it for CMO. Um, <laughs> cunt my <laughs> orgasm. I don't think that that's what it stands for, though. No, that's got to be it. Okay. Pretty sure. Uh, the week before, my best science. buddy Cat 
Pippin had died, and I was pretty broken up about it still. That being said, I walked into her room, and she said, Oh, you brought your kitty with you. I blink at her and say, What? Mind you, this was the first time I had that patient, and I had discussed my cat. I hadn't discussed my cat with her. Having cats or even liking them, her reply, Your kitty is right by your foot. What? I get that frizzen, that momentary shiver in my soul and ask, just for kicks, Yeah, what color is the kitty? She says, Black with some white. Pippin was a black tuxedo cat with white paws and a white bib. The patient died that night. Damn. That's pretty sweet. Good stuff, buddy. Good stories. Let's see here. What the fuck? I had a patient one night who was mentally disabled. She was young, dark-skinned black woman with huge eyes. I don't know if she always looked that like that or if she was just genuinely spooked, but they were wide open. The first thing she said to me when I walked in the room was, She dead. That lady dead. Wow. Nodding her head at the woman in the next bed. The woman in the next bed was a, had apparently been dealing with this all day and was fed up saying... I'm not dead, she yelled. I tried to calm her down to no avail. The day the staff nurse told me she'd been doing that all day. I felt so bad for her roommate, I considered trying to transfer her, but that would just put someone else in the room to put up with it. She did that, or she did this all night. She would even put her call light on to tell me her roommate was dead. Wow. So this was creepy on its own, but guess who it wasn't an expected death either. I don't believe in the supernatural, but damn, that was quite a coincidence. Shit, I guess. She dead. Yeah, she dead. <laughs> she dead, man. <laughs> uh, don't invite her to parties. Shit, no. Debbie Downer over here. Broke into an abandoned manufacturing plant in high school with a friend. The first floor was aisles with large shelves on either side, about six-foot aisles, and you could only see between the aisles through little slits in the shelves, so your view of everything was very limited. At the end of the aisles, there was a staircase that went up to a second floor. The floor was mostly rotted through, so moving around up there was dangerous, but we were small and 17, so we checked it out anyway. We found a bunch of old rusted-out tools and the like, but nothing too interesting. We were up there probably 20 minutes when my buddy yelled over to me that he saw something move downstairs. Now, we assumed that we were busted, so we snuck back to the staircase. We didn't see anything moving around downstairs after a couple minutes, so we just went down. When we reached the bottom, we saw someone or something sprint at the other end of the aisles to the northmost aisle, where the window we broke in from was. We moved towards the south end slowly, watching for movement. Eventually, we saw something move on the, on the stair side of the northmost aisle, and we bolted for it, got out, got in the car, and drove away 
still have no idea what the fuck it was. Crazy stuff. I could I see have that experience. I, I want to go see, into yeah, but I could see how that would be a little freaky because, like they said, you know, your view is limited. All you're seeing is this weird freaking movement zipping back and forth, and yeah, that would be fucking terrifying. Crazy, crazy. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's not any different than some of the things you and I have witnessed, or at least that I know of. Dude, I tell you. Good. We've had a we've had some shit. We've had our fair share of shit. Mm-hmm. Damn. This is scary. This one's scary. I got one you got one that's scary? not so scary. Okay. It's a little spooky, but it's not really scary. Make me feel um, better. This one is from a friend she swears is true. Her dad is a hospice nurse. He got a call from the agency that a patient was in the process of dying and was expected to pass very soon. They asked that he attend to the family. Apparently, the nurse who was supposed to be there could not make it for some reason. He complained that it was all the way across town and it was not his usual day to work. But he went anyways. When he was nearly there, the agency called him to say the family had reported that the patient had passed, but to please go there and help with the family's support and start post-mortal care. Wow. When he arrived, he introduced himself, saying, Hello, I'm Marty. I'm from hospice. My friend said the family's mouths fell open and they all looked shocked. He apologized that their usual nurse could not make it. They said, No, that's not it. Grandma kept mumbling that Marty was coming. We thought she was just talking nonsense, but here you are. Huh. I like the story, buddy. Did I lose yeah, so, you? I mean, I, Fuck. I, no, I, okay. I was trying to think about if I've heard of a case like this. It's almost like the doppelganger case. It's not like the textbook seeing loved ones before you pass. Yeah. This is more the precognitive doppelganger incident. It's kind of interesting, though. Let me look at this. A friend of mine was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis and was so upset over it that she had made a suicide attempt. She landed in the mental health wing of a big hospital and I went to visit her one evening. Had a hell of a time finding the right place and felt like I'd walk through miles of increasingly decrepit hospital before I found the right wing. Went through a set of double doors, found myself staring down a dimly lit hallway with an incredibly creepy weathered looking old lady in a house coat standing right in the middle of it. Fuck me, man. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Anyway, walked down the hallway nervously. Like, why? Why? Wouldn't you just at that point be like, oh, shit, wrong turn, and go duck into a bathroom or something? Anyway, walk down the hallway nervously, not taking my eyes off the old woman. She didn't take her eyes off me either. I flinched as I walked by her, but she didn't move. Ten feet beyond her was the doorway to the waiting room of the ward that I was looking for. I breathed a sigh of relief as I reached the doors, then glanced over my shoulder to see if the woman had moved. She was right 
behind me, staring uh-huh. into my face. I don't know how she managed to silently cover that 10 feet just as fast as I had moved, but she did. That would freak the shit out of me. Some of them are spry. Yeah, and they yes. were, they're probably, she probably wasn't wearing any shoes. Is grandmother spry? <laughs> I bet the entire time, like, because, like, I'm sure this chick is afraid of old people, but you know old people are afraid <laughs> of teenagers <laughs> and shit like that. <laughs> I worked. Oh. I worked. I've... I would never work in an old folks home again. I didn't technically work in the old folks home. I spent two weeks changing carpet into tile once at an old old folks home. How was that? And I wasn't wasn't on the job long when they sent... I worked in the stock room and they needed an extra person. So I went along and did some extra work for extra money. And God, you gotta talk about some of the most depressing shit. Oh fuck! This was just a small town outside of Kansas City, Tonganoxi. If anybody knows of that area, anyways, huh. we had to do the hallways at night in the ner- in the guest rooms during the day, and we could only do two or three guest rooms. And I have no idea who the hell thought it was a good idea to put carpet in these <laughs> in this place to begin with well, but yeah. that's what it was anyways there was some crazy stuff but the worst was this one patient every <laughs> night that I was there I don't know if it was a man or a woman I'm pretty sure it was a woman couldn't get out of her bed I never had to go into her room I didn't have to do the whole thing I was just there to help out anyways she would always yell yeah. or not yell She, you'd always hear her going Help me. Oh, fuck. I hate that. Every time you walked by, she would be repeating that all night oh, long. Oh, damn it. Damn it, man. That's uh, that's depressing as fuck. <laughs> it really is, you know? Well, yeah, and they had to have the doors locked going out, of course, because yeah. they didn't want people just wandering off and whatnot. Damn. But, yeah. But there's nothing you can do. There's nothing even the nurses can do because they just just sitting there spouting help me all night long. I don't know, I mean, man. I'm get to that point. I'm looking I would like forward to, to it. Just put a bullet in my head. Just you think so? Yeah. Just if 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 <sighs> that's what you're living for to say help me all night long. I mean, yeah. obviously this you can't like euthanasia is not legal and whatnot, but. I just unplug me. Just <laughs> let me die. Whatever. What if you're not plugged in? Then what just do don't I do? Feed me. What do I do, Koopsick? Just don't feed me. Don't feed you. Yeah. I'm gonna be sitting there and be like, nope, nope. Take that goddamn Jello back. You ain't wanting none here. Take it back. My goodness. I got one here that they might have actually seen death <laughs> himself. Whoa. Let's do it. So I'll read it here. Intensive care nurse here. I have many stories ranging from sheets being ripped apart to old women in rocking chairs. But the one that haunts me is the time I think I actually saw the Grim Reaper. It was 1999, late in the day. It was summer and turning dark in a busy 12-bed ITU in London. I was in charge at the nurse's station, 
station. There were a few people milling around, but less than during the day. I looked up to see this man opening and coming through the double doors into the unit. What was so striking about him were his clothes. He looked like he had picked up straight out of 1974 and was dropped in 1999. He was wearing brown cord flares. The platform shoes Ben wore that were orange, yellow, and brown. Sexy. Check shirt with, or, and a brown check shirt with cream and brown pattern tank top over the shirt. Pimpin'. He was white with shortish brown hair, not quite 1970s, and about 30 years old. Prime he of his youth. calmly. What? Prime of his youth. Yeah. Go ahead. He walked calmly towards a bay of patience, not recognizing him and knowing he wasn't a relative of other healthcare person. I said, hello, can I help you? He looked at me directly, nodded as if to say hello, and carried on walking. I watched him, and he stopped at the end of a patient's bed and turned to look at them. He never touched the person, nor do anything other than look at them. This unwell but stable patient suddenly and unexpectedly deteriorated. As the staff went to assist, they all acted like they didn't see him. He turned around as calmly as he came in and left what direction he went as I left the nurse's station to go and help with the patient who ultimately despite our best efforts die I spoke to some of the staff later on about our 1970s visitor and no one else saw him it's fucked up though so yeah I mean I mean, why wouldn't death want to? He, he could he could party out in the seventies. You think so? Not people. <clears throat> Maybe. He, why wouldn't he be able to wear whatever he wanted to that, wear? Shit, I guess. Give me one second here, okay? I got to turn you down for a second, and then oh. unfuck this. Get a website. I had to uh, turn him down just for a minute. There. Are you back, pal? Yeah. I didn't go anywhere. I had to just fuck with some buttons a little bit. That's crazy, though. What do you think of that? I mean, the fact that nobody else could see him, it was either a hallucination or it's weird that maybe it was a relative visiting the person before the person died. (laughs) That's something that she didn't think of but Man. it's weird that at that moment whether she saw something or not that was really there or not the, the patient died that what condition yeah. right before that I don't I don't know I don't it's weird that it's in 70s clothing yeah but I guess if if death is a sort of a quote unquote like a god sort yeah, of exa- figure, okay. yeah, yeah. a godly figure, he'd be able to wear whatever the hell he wants to wear. Yeah, fuck. Shabby. Hey there, fellas, my name is Death, so when you see me coming, better hold your breath. <laughs> this is the best song ever. Some call me the Repo Man, cause I seem to collect wherever I am. 
I'm often called the big finale. I got a tendency for bringing the curtain down, and I yeah, can't help my reputation. Precedes me like clouds before the storm. You'll run for cover, believe me, and I start every conversation the same. It's good sauce. Saying, hey there, fellas, my <laughs> name is Death. So when you see me coming, better hold your breath. Cause I'm your last gasp, I'm your sweet retreat. I'm the baddest motherfucker you will ever meet. Cause I'm free to come and go as I please. I wear the seven deadly sins upon my sleeve. And I'm dying to meet you now. I got a handshake, you'll never forget, my friend. I'm the end, my name is death. Good shit. One of my favorite songs. Yeah, who is that? Red Wanting Blue, one of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that before. <laughs> I love those guys. Yup. Yeah, check that shit out. Red Wanting Blue, my name is death. So good. So good. Oh, my gosh. I gotta figure out what I'm doing over here with my buttons. So many buttons. You got any more? Uh, you got any more stories for us, pal? I got a couple. I don't know. Yeah, if we got time. Yeah, we got time. I got another one here. I also have an interesting story about a bald man in a suit. The story was told to me by a mom, by or a by mom? my mom. Oh. Mom. <laughs> Once when I was right very after she young, got done making me breakfast. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Once when I was very young, my mom was working the night shift at the hospital, taking care says. of an elderly man who was on his deathbed. His family was there, and my mom was taking care of his wife. She was very grateful for my mom's help and asked if my mom had any children. She told the lady about me. The lady then said that her husband would watch over me. Kind of creeped her out a bit. No shit. But she didn't... But she went with it, and I think I think, and she thanked her. The man died sometime very early in the morning. Well, when my mom came home and got me ready for school, apparently I told her about a strange dream I had. A tall, bald man in a gray suit who visited me in the dream. My mom's patient was a tall, bald man. That's fucked. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean... Pretty weird traveling I mean it's nice of him to do that consider when, it I mean and who knows how many other people he could go visit like you know who knows what he's able to do I, did he not have anybody else to go visit maybe not maybe not I don't maybe know maybe not I mean he could have checked on his wife but he was probably like eh, she's on her own you know what I mean she'll be fine it's crazy Crazy stuff, buddy. I don't know. Maybe he secretly hated his wife. You think that's it? I tell you what. If I check out, I'm going to haunt the <laughs> fuck out of Urabadi. Like, it is going to be ridiculous. Okay, so if you had to pick one person. Just one you had person? To pick one person you, or place. What, or where and who? Oh, man. I don't know, dude. <laughs> It's like you gotta haunt one, <laughs> fuck one, <laughs> like, scare one, haunt one, fuck one. Um, 
I don't know, man. I may honestly, I may uh, if if we are given the opportunity to move about, obviously, um, and be more or less transient. I obviously I've got you know two young daughters. I'd like to check in on them, haunt the fuck out of any possible boyfriend. What if that they were ever... scared of you? Oh no 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 no! Because I'm not going to necessarily haunt them. I'm going to haunt their potential oh, okay. boyfriends. Okay, that's that. Um, number two on the list, I'm definitely going to be paying you a visit, my friend. Um, lots of visits. Um, but number three, honestly, if when, I, when I'm done for the day and ready to hang up my hat, I will most likely just go over to uh, Malvern Manor and uh, just keep that place going. You know what I'm saying? Just keep letting it do what it do. So, yeah. that's I don't know. I haven't really thought about it that much. Good luck getting to me. Why? Why do you say things like this? I'm going to get you when you're, like, taking a deuce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, good luck. Like, completely vulnerable. Why? Why? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> you're like, yeah, good luck. Well, because Yo, you're, so you're going to die soon, obviously. So It's possible. Good luck. I appreciate that. Thank you, pal. <laughs> what about you, though? I don't know. You haven't really thought about it? I don't know. Maybe I'll hunt the White House. I'll just be the weird guy that nobody Ooh. knows why he's there. <laughs> be like, who the fuck this guy? <laughs> or I'll just go hunt some like Chinese temple, and they'll make up some story about the white, uh, the white ninja or white, the white samurai oh, from God. the past or white monk. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Son of a bitch! Okay, I'm thinking of Ace Ventura, Part Two. Where they call him uh, White Devil, White Devil. But what is the word that those the tribes people are calling him? <laughs> God damn it! Anyway, that movie a couple times. that's a great movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's good. Piece that's of Americana, been, right there. Who knows how long it's been since I've seen it? <laughs> Shit. Oh my God. Birthed out of a rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> that is like yeah <laughs> this beer's Amazing. strong is it nine percent <laughs> yeah yep well i tell you what if you guys want to get a hold of us please do so 913-730-7255 ectoplasm show at gmail.com at ectoplasm show on instagram and twitter ectoplasm show on facebook ectoplasm show.com Check us out on YouTube, Twitch. We're, yeah, we're all over the place. And honestly, if you guys have not seen us yet, listened to us yet, welcome. Thank you. We're actually, I don't know how or fucking why or whatever this is happening, but we are getting more and more uh, listeners, it seems, every week now. Our numbers just keep going up and up, which is great. So thank you for that. Uh, Thanks for spreading the word. Head over to iTunes and, uh, Give us a, a rate, a rating, and review. Yeah, we still have a long ways to go till 50. Yeah, but I don't know. Once man. we get We're to 50, <laughs> I'm going to give away a full spectrum camcorder Shit, to somebody. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And uh, also, some, some we're not going to be on Twitch anymore, probably. Most likely not. Since Facebook Live is at least halfway working. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um,. um fuck else was i gonna say 
Well, I know what else I was going to say. Go for it. Go ahead. It had something to do with what you were doing. I've started the Friends of the Ectoplasm show page on the website. I have a few things on there now, a few podcasts. But if you would like to trade links or be our friend, just let me know and I'll get you up there. Absolutely. So, yeah. Thanks, guys, for hanging out tonight. We will talk to you very, very soon. Peace out.